lift. Tell me to preach. Lord, I want to speak faith. I pray. I pray for your power, for your anointing, for your spirit to go. For our hearts to receive it, Lord, that your spirit would confirm every word that's spoken. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. Bless your people. Open the windows of heaven and pour out blessings upon us, God. In Jesus' name, I pray that we could bless and glorify you. You deserve all the glory, that you would be pleased in everything we do here tonight. Lord, that's our request, that your will be done here just as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, hallelujah. You can be seated. My title tonight is The Last Word. The Last Word. I'm going to start out reading quite a bit Genesis chapter 1. If you want to follow with me, just kind of skim through. I'm going to read 3, 5, 8, 10, 11, and a bunch of others, all right? So if you're following with me, just kind of skim and follow along. Uh, or you can just listen and sit tight. But, but let's be reverent to the word of the Lord. And Genesis chapter 1, verse 3 then God said, let there be light, and there was light, yeah. and seasons, and for days, and years, and let them be for lights, and the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth, and it was so. It was so. Yeah. Then God said, let the waters abound, this is verse 20, with an abundance of living creatures, and let the birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to their kind and every winged bird according to its kind. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind, cattle and creeping things and beast of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. Then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him male and female. He created them. Yes. We're introduced to the Bible of a, to God who speaks. We get to know him through the word that he expresses. Right. And so he is known on this earth by the things that he said. We see he is mighty. We see that he's a creator. We see that he's a provider. We see that he has all power because he spoke everything that we see. Every experience we have, it's a result of the power of the spoken word of God. Amen? Right. When God speaks, things have to happen. Amen. Every once in a while, God has blessed me with some good boys. But every once in a while, I'll say something and nothing happens. And I make it plain if it doesn't happen the first time that I don't expect to repeat myself because in my little world, in my household anyway, my voice carries a certain authority. Yeah. As soon as I leave that house, though, I don't have the same authority. But can I tell you the God in heaven, he doesn't have to repeat himself. He doesn't have to raise his voice whenever he says it. 
it comes to pass. Amen. Amen. Whenever Amen. he speaks, it is. He speaks things into existence. He names them and calls them what he, what he wants them to be. Our God has great power and unlimited oh, yeah. authority. In fact, all power and authority that's on earth has the same source. It comes from Him. All power in heaven belongs to Him. Amen. When God speaks, things have to happen. There is power in the Word of God. Paul wrote about God. He said He calls things which do not exist as though they did. He can just speak it into existence. He speaks and so it is. The moment he says it, it is true. When he says it, it's as good as done. That's the power of the word of God. And so he speaks all of creation. And after six days, at the end of each creative day, he realizes that his work is good, but he wants to do more. And he adds another dimension. He adds a little more. And each day he speaks something else. But finally when he looks at it and he says, it's just like what I have in mind. It's just what I intended. It's exactly how I want it to be. It's all good for the first time. The Bible says that God was finished. Uh -huh. We've just seen him speaking and working, speaking and working. And then finally he makes man in his own image. He speaks a blessing over men. He gives men dominion. And then he says, I'm done. Genesis chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. It says, thus the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them were finished. And on the seventh day, God ended his work, which he had done. And he rested on the seventh day. The days would go from dark to light, from night to day. And so he finished his work on the sixth day and then night set in there was darkness there was silence god was done and that was the seventh day can you imagine as he's speaking the cosmos into existence what that voice had to be like i don't i don't even know if it thundered through the heavens. I don't know the angels. They rejoiced when they saw the work that he was doing. Though I know that. And, and, and as he was speaking. Things were multiplying. And as he was speaking. Things were coming to life. And as he would speak. Things were being shaped. And then finally he said all that he had to say. He had the last word. And he was finished. And so it was, and darkness came, and light came, and then the cycle of the earth continued on and on. He was able to rest. There was no reason for him to speak anymore. His work, though, still speaks for him. The echo of what he said so many years ago, I couldn't tell you how many years it was. I know it was longer ago than any of us, even Brother Roberts and Brother Jonathan. Happy birthday, my friend. But it was many, many years ago, many thousands of years ago. I don't know how many. I wasn't there. I don't know when it all happened. But I know the echo.
echo of what he spoke then. He, he finished speaking, but now his word speaks for itself. So Psalms 19 and 1 says the heavens, they're still to this day, they're declaring the glory of God. And the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. When you look to heaven, you see that God is real. When you see the stars, you see what his voice spoke into existence. Amen. And if you just have enough faith to believe, all the evidence is right there. You're without excuse if you choose not to believe. The echo of what he said still reverberates. The kids at school at this point, I don't even try for them to think that I'm cool. I'm a 40-year-old math teacher, so I don't even try to stay on their level. But I can't help but hear some of their lingo. You pick up what they're saying when you're surrounded by kids. And a few years ago, it's probably out of date by now. By the time I figure out what they're talking about, they've moved on to something else. But there was an expression they used to say, mic drop. Have you ever heard that? It was if, if you did something and you did it so good that there was nothing else to add to it. If you did something that was so fantastic, it couldn't be improved. If someone was arguing with you and you put them in their place and you left them sputtering, it was just a mic drop. Exit the stage. It's over. It's settled. I'm done. Can I tell you when the Lord says it's finished, that was the original mic drop. It was finished. He was done. There was nothing to add to it. There was no way you could improve his creation. And do you know we had an adversary that was arrogant enough that he showed up and he tried to add to the word of God. Right. And he deceived Adam and Eve. He deceived Eve and Adam followed along in her sin. And, and he, he began to lie. He began to tempt. He began to make accusations. And there was nothing that he could add to God's work. And so instead, this destructive force that we call sin began to take away some of the splendor of God's beautiful and perfect creation. Right. The enemy comes but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. He can't yeah. add a thing. I tell you, sin won't add anything to your life. I've right. seen many people whose lives were destroyed. And I've seen... Many people where things died in their life. And I've seen when people have had things stolen from them because of sin. The enemy has nothing to add to you. This world has nothing to add to you. Amen. All he could do is bring in destruction. And he began to tear down what the Lord had built up. And, and human history just was pitiful for years. So much so that the Lord even began to regret that he had made man. And he flooded the earth. And he sent the law to try to, to give men direction. And he sent prophets. And he, he spoke to men in the sundry ways. And, and yet they still continued to reject the will of God. And we see all Finally, God responded. God's still able to speak. And God responded. John chapter 1 speaks of this second creative work. I'm going to call it a recreation, if you will. Because in John chapter 1, he says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. 
And the Word was God. Amen. That very same Word. That very same God that we were introduced to by His Word in Genesis 1. We're about to get reintroduced to Him by the Word. But this time, the Word is going to be fleshed out for us a little bit so we can understand it better. The Word was made flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld His glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The enemy had introduced lies, but here is the one that spoke it from the beginning. And when he shows up, he's declaring truth. Amen. Amen. That same God, that same word, that same truth, the one who declares it and it is, the one who names it and it's named, the one who speaks it and it comes to pass. He came to a fallen world. There's power in the Word of God. That's why we're celebrating today. Because of the power of the Word of God. When He came to speak a word of salvation, it was mighty to save. And only eternity will show us the number of souls that have been saved. But there is a blood-washed throne. There is a multitude because of the power of the Word of God. God was speaking again into His creation. He came to make new creatures out of us. It's a recreative work. He came to redeem what had been taken. And so He came speaking the truth. Whenever He taught, we see it time and time again. He says, you have heard. But I say to you, I got a word I want to speak to you. There's some things that you think you know that you don't really know. And there's some things you think you understand that you don't really understand. And there's some things that I want to speak into your life if you want to be holy and you want to be righteous. This is what you've heard. But let me add a little clarity here. I say to you, and Jesus spoke with authority. Jesus spoke with power. They said, we've never heard anyone speak like this man. And when I say they, I don't mean his disciples. I mean his adversaries. They came to trap him and instead they became enthralled as he began to speak with the authority and the power of God. He, He spoke and when he spoke and they were sick, he could just speak healing. I know he laid hands sometimes. But he didn't every time. All he had to do was speak and it was so. Amen. Amen. There's enough authority and the power of the word of God to meet any need. He he spoke healing. He spoke to the wind and to the waves. Can you imagine that kind of authority? He just spoke into creation and it was the same voice that had parted the waters in Genesis 1. Calmed the waters in the gospel. That same voice that spoke the firmament into existence, that's the one that made the wind to stop. He spoke, there's still power in the word of God. He spoke to demons and the demons had to flee. He, he, He said, I am, as we talked about this morning, as we were going through the crucifixion, the the Roman soldiers surrounded him. What was he going to do? He simply said the words, I am, and they had to fall down. That was the power and the authority that he had. He had more power in his voice than all the soldiers that Rome could muster. Right. When he spoke, things changed. 
Oddly enough, he didn't say much during his trial. He let his accusers speak one after another. The voice of truth is silent as liar after liar after liar comes up and they can't get their stories right. And he just lets them talk themselves into it's, uh, to the point where it just becomes obvious that they're not telling the truth. He, he right. lets them spin uh, such a web of deceit that before long they tied themselves up and there's no way that their testimony should be able to stand. And then he lets Herod mock him. And then he lets Pilate judge him. In fact, in John chapter 19, verse 10, Pilate gets a little frustrated with him and he said, are you not going to speak to me? He said, do you not know that I have power to crucify you and power to release you? And that's where Pilate messed up. He said, you better talk to me because I've just got to speak the word and I can have you crucified or set free. And Jesus said, no, no, Pilate, you don't have any power over me. The only power you have has been given to you. Remember, Jesus said, I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to raise it up. Pilate, you don't know who you're talking to. Your voice may carry weight in your world, but you are talking to the creator of this world. Your voice doesn't have any power or any dominion over him. I'm telling you, his word is going to be the last word. Hallelujah. It wouldn't matter what Pilate said. Jesus said, if I wanted to, I could speak and I could bring legions of angels down here. Jesus could have spoke just as he could give life. He could speak and he could have taken life if he was so inclined. Pilate, you can say what you want, but your words don't matter. Jesus is going to have the last word every single time. And the last word is going to be the loudest word. Hallelujah. And so Jesus knew he would have the last word, so he just held his peace. Finally, they arrived at the cross. And we talked about Jesus taking care of the needs of those around him, even in his own time of suffering. But now I want to focus on the last things that he said, because just like Genesis Chapter 2 said with the creation of the world that God finished his work. This is the second time in your entire Bible that we find God is finished. Jesus bows his head and he cries with a loud voice and he says, it is finished. And then he gives up his spirit and he dies. When Jesus cried, there's darkness on the earth. Then the veil is rent. It's torn from top to bottom. And then the earth begins to quake. And the rocks, it says, begin to split apart. And then the graves start to open. And then the sainted dead start climbing out of their graves and walking in the city. Oh, yeah. What do you think the mob was doing right then? The heathen that had been raging 
communion and saying, let his blood be upon us. And the voices that were saying, crucify him. And the loud ones in the back that were saying he saved others. Let's see him save himself. And they're wagging their heads and they're mocking. And then it goes dark over the whole earth. He says it's finished and supernatural signs begin to happen all around them. And the very earth that they're standing on starts shaking under their feet. When Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. He had the last word. Now, I'm sure they gathered themselves after their moment of shocked silence. God wasn't speaking anymore and they begin to chatter their nervous chatter and they begin to try to explain it away. No doubt there were people who were blaming it on the enemy just as they had done whenever Jesus had demonstrated power and cast out demons. They said he did this by the power of Beelzebub. So surely they were saying something similar. There was no denying the power. So they, they misattributed or, or maybe they began to come up with a way to cover up what had just happened like they did when his body was out of the tomb. And they began to say, what can we do to keep this from spreading? It wasn't long before men began to feel that silence, that vacuum with their lies and with their stories and with their justification. But do you know none of that mattered because what they said didn't have any power. What they said couldn't bring anybody out of the tomb. What they said couldn't tear anything. What they said couldn't do anything. It couldn't accomplish anything. It couldn't change anything. When Jesus said it is finished, His word was the final word. There's power in the word of God. Colossians chapter 2 it describes this. It says that when he said it was finished, what he was doing, he was breaking sin's dominion. And that was broken. Amen. Whenever he said it is finished, finally, the, the demands of the law were fulfilled. Whenever he said it is finished, Satan absolutely was defeated. Whenever he said it is finished, our accuser is cast down. He has nothing else, no charge that he can bring against God's elect because the blood speaks something better. His word still reverberates today and the echo is heard all throughout creation. The finished word of the cross of Jesus Christ. When he said I was clean, I was clean. When he said I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. When he said the penalty for sin had been paid, it was paid. It was finished. He had the last word. Glory. He had the last word that mattered. He had the last word with power. He had the last word that had any impact. Colossians chapter 2 says he was wiping out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, that was contrary to us. And he was nailing it to his cross, having disarmed principalities and powers he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them. Mm -hmm. Whenever he spoke, things happened. That's right. And there was no comparison between the words of the Savior and the cries of the adversaries. Can I tell you today, don't listen to the adversary. Don't listen to his lies. Don't listen to his accusations. 
Don't, don't listen to, to the mocking of this world. Don't listen to the voices of doubt. There are many, many, many voices, too many voices today. You hear everyone's opinion about everything, amen? And the world is trying to conform us. But, but there's one and only one that has the power to transform amen. us, amen? He's still doing a creative work. He takes sinners and he makes saints out of them, amen? He right. takes people that were drug dealers and he makes pastors and preachers right. out of them. He takes people that have a bad reputation and he makes a, a home builder out of them. He, he puts them in a marriage and he ties a knot that no man can say. I'm telling you, when God gets a hold of a life, he absolutely transforms and it happened at the cross. Amen. Whenever he spoke, it mattered. It still matters today. We've got to believe the word of God. Everything that was contrary, that was against us, the devil can't come up with a chain that he can't break. I'm telling you, it all happened because of Calvary. When he said it was finished, we need to settle it in our heart. I'm redeemed. I'm delivered. I'm forgiven. The past doesn't matter. It has no hold on me. The price has already been paid. There is no debt left for me to apologize about. When I repented and gave it to him, he took care of it. And, and he said, it's finished. That debt's done. It's over. And so it's over. Amen. Oh, yeah. I don't have to worry about Whoa. wasted years and generational curses or any other, other nonsense that people want to talk about. I want to talk about a blessing that's not just generational, it's eternal. What happened on the cross, it's going to last from here to glory. Amen. Jesus said it's finished, and so I'm going to take his word. Amen. It's finished. Oh, it's yeah. the second time that the Lord finished the work. Don't listen to all the other voices. Remember what Paul wrote in Romans chapter 8, verse 33. Who shall bring a charge? I referenced it earlier. I want to give you the text so you can read it. Who's going to bring a charge against the Lord's elect? It is God who justifies. God has the final word. Amen? Amen. Are you saved? Amen. If he says you're saved, you're saved. He has the final word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's another time in the scripture where we see where there's silence. We read in Genesis 1, God's speaking, and then there's a heavenly silence. We read in the gospel, uh, wherever Jesus speaks his last cries with a loud voice, and then he ceases to speak. And darkness comes, and supernatural signs come, and there's a demonstration of power, and God completes his work. There is a third time wherever we see that God completes his work, and it's in the reference to the end of the age. And there are, are some people in the book of Revelation, there's a series of visions, and um, there's, there's as many opinions about the book of Revelation as there are verses in the book of Revelation, and as there are readers reading those verses. I mean, that there's probably not two people who see it completely alike. And, and that's not because the scripture is given for any private interpretation. It's not. But right now, we see through a glass darkly. And there are some things that we're going to understand better by and by. And, and as they're fulfilled, the scripture is going to be confirmed in front of us. Just as 
Daniel prophesied, and when he got done, he said, Lord, what in the world was that? And the Lord said, don't worry about it. It's sealed up to the end. There's some yeah. things we won't understand and, and, and won't truly comprehend completely. We just know in part. But, but when the time comes, the Lord has that written word, and it's going to be a testimony of his plan and of his power, and it's there, and it's going to serve its purpose. Amen? Yeah. And so right now we study it. We seek to understand it, but uh, we want to be humble and extend grace as well in these matters. And so in the book of Revelation, there's a series of visions, and some people see these as three separate events, and others see these as a retelling of the same events, just in different visions, different ways that God demonstrates and reiterates what he had said previously. I tend to lean in that second group. Uh, I, I read the book of Revelation almost like a spiral. It, it gives a series of events and then he retells it from a little different perspective and then he retells it from a little different perspective. But I, I, I wouldn't dare say I can prove it to you. I would just say that's the way I lean at, at this point to the best of my understanding. But whether this is a series of separate events or whether this is all one great final event told in different ways, we still end up with the completion of what God is working in that time. So whether you see these as three events, that the judgments that come and the seals and in the trumpets and in the vials, if you see that as three different events, each of those events comes to an end. Or if you see it as a retelling of one event three different ways, it's still we reach an ending place on each of these retellings. And so I want to look and see what happens at the end of each of these. The seventh seal, we find uh, when the seventh seal was opened, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. And then on earth, it tells us there's thunders and noises and lightnings and an earthquake, just like we saw whenever Jesus was finished speaking, all of creation was shaken and, and, and chaos was breaking forth everywhere else. And so it's going to be whenever the seventh seal is open, all of a sudden the heavens go quiet and turmoil breaks out on the earth. What's, what's been done, what's been said is, is completed and now the impact, the effect is seen on earth. The same is true when we go through the series of the trumpets. In Revelation chapter 10 verse 7 it tells us there's going to be a seventh trumpet that sounds. The last of the trumpets, the seventh angel, when he is about to sound the trumpet, it says that the mystery of God is finished. This is the third time that we find that something God began is finished. I believe this is the end of the age because it says in verse 15 that the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever. That sounds like the end of this age to me, amen? And so there is uh, the ending, the mystery of God is finished. The work of redemption and of the church, the mystery of the ages, that's all coming to a close. And God's going to reign forever. And as God is finishing his creative work, as God is, 
is completing what he's been doing and the heavens are becoming silent, we see on earth. It's being reverberated all throughout the earth. And so we find in verse 19 that there are lightnings and noises and thunderings and an earthquake and great hail. You see these same signs keep coming back as, as judgment comes on the earth because when God speaks or when he ceases to speak, when he finishes doing what he's doing, when he finishes revealing the mystery he's revealing, when, when he's done, his word is the final word and the echo is going to last. And so we see the seventh vowel or bow. There is a seventh angel and he pours out his bow and, and there's a loud voice that comes from heaven and it says, it is done. It's finished. It's over. And there were noises and thunder. When heaven says it's done, it's felt down here. There are noises and thunders and lightning and a great earthquake again. And it says every island has to flee away and the mountains are not. It's as if creation is folding in on itself and great hell falls from heaven and judgment comes on men. When he speaks, things change. Yes, Amen. He has the final yes. word. When he speaks, that's when deliverance comes. When he speaks, that's when salvation comes. When he speaks, that's when judgment comes. The heavens and the earth shake at the sound of his voice. My point for you in all of this is God has the final word. Amen. 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 Yes. He had the final word in creation. He had the final word in redemption. He's going to have the final word in this age and in the ages to come. People scoff and people laugh and what they say, they think that they are so sophisticated. They think they're so intelligent as they try to tear your faith down. But you've got to understand that noise is just empty noise. It's coming from empty hearts. It's powerless oh, yeah. to change the word of God. It's powerless to change the will of God. In fact, Peter wrote, they have willfully forgotten that by the word of God, the heavens that were of old and the earth standing out of the water and in the water by which water that then existed perished being flooded with water. He said the very word that created this world is the same word that's withholding judgment. It was that word that brought the floods on the earth. And as you continue reading, it's that word that's going to bring judgment in the last day. It's that very word that's yeah. holding creation together. Oh, that's yeah. the word that has the power to judge it, Amen. to conclude it. It's the last word. And so I want to just quickly, as I draw to a close, tell you to be careful of the voices that you listen to. Be careful about who and what is speaking in your life. Be careful about what you have to say. Because some people, when they talk, they are trying to, to justify themselves and it doesn't matter how good of a case they make. There's coming a day where every mouth is going to be stopped. Uh -huh. There's coming a day where you're not going to have the last word and you can have all your reasons 
and you can explain it and you can try to get me on your side. But whenever the Lord comes, if He says that you're unclean, you're unclean. If He says you're abominable, you're abominable. If He says you're unrighteous, you're unrighteous. If He says you're a goat, it doesn't matter what you did in His name. It doesn't matter who you killed. Or it doesn't matter who you healed or what demon you cast out. If He says you're not allowed in, you are not allowed in. You're not trying to convince me. And we're not trying to please men. There's one that we need to be concerned about because He has the last word. When he speaks, it's finished. If the devil accuses you, it doesn't matter. His accusations are completely insignificant. Right. He is powerless. He's just loud. God's in control. He has the last word. And that's true for every situation. Whenever he speaks, it still is. Amen? Amen. He can call it before it is and it's going to be. Whenever he speaks, what he says goes. If you have a doctor, listen to your doctor. But I'm telling you, your doctor doesn't have the last word. If God decides to heal you, I don't care how they diagnose you. He has the last word. He's the giver of life. Amen. It doesn't matter. Uh, it doesn't matter what the naysayers say about you. It doesn't matter what the people around you say. They may tell you you're never going to make it. You're never going to make a difference. It doesn't matter. Your self-doubt and the things. Now, it can have an impact if you start believing it. But you can take everything captive, every thought captive by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Because I know that his opinion is the only one that matters. And whatever he calls me, that's what I am. Amen. Whatever he says, that's what we'll be. I'm going to believe the word of God. Hallelujah. There is no final word that supersedes his word. Even death, death doesn't have the final say over us, does it? Whenever he speaks, we're coming out of the grave. Whenever he calls, we're going to be somewhere listening. And it doesn't matter how long we've been dead and buried. If my body has turned to dirt, I don't believe a single hair on my head is going to perish. Because whenever he speaks, it's all going to come together. And we're going to be changed. And we're going to rise to meet him in the air. Because that's the power of the voice of God. He has the last word. He has the last word. Amen. Your children may be saying crazy things right now, but God has the last word. Amen. Your neighbors may be saying crazy things right now, but God has the last word. Let the heathen rage. God has the last word. He's in control. Amen. Whose report? Are you going to believe? I, I've decided. I've made up my mind in every way that I know how. I'm going to find a word from God and I'm going to hang on to that. I'm building my life on this thing. I'm building my future on this. I'm raising my family based on this word. I'm making decisions about my tomorrow based on this word. I'm, I'm checking my heart based on this word. Amen. I'm ordering my steps. Based on the word of God, because I know that when heaven and earth, if it was to pass away, this one thing I know that's going to stand, it's going to be the word of God. There's not one John, one tittle. I'm telling you, everything that God said is going to come to pass. 
We believe in the word of God. We stand on the promise of God. That's the reason why we can have faith. I don't care what Dr. Fauci says, and I'm not being ugly or political or any of those things. I, I, I'm telling you, if God says I'm going to be spared, I'm going to be spared. Amen? I'm not going to be a fool. I'm not going to tempt God. I'm not going to ignore the advice of the experts, but I'm not going to live in fear either. They can't give life to anybody. And if they took my life, the Lord's able to raise me up again. I'm going to put my life in his hands and I'm going to trust the word of God. He hasn't given me a spirit of fear. I'm not going to cower. Amen. I'm going to stand on the word. It doesn't matter what the enemy says, what the world says. I want to know thus saith the word of the Lord. Amen. I need something that I can depend on. I need something that I know is true. I need something glorious. I need something powerful. I need something that's going to last. And so I say, speak to me, God. Open my eyes. Open my heart. I believe, Lord. I hold to your promise. Hallelujah. Your God has the final word. He has the final word in your life. He has the final word in your eternity. He has the final word in the circumstances that you're facing. And whatever it is, He's going to carry you through because it's not possible for God to lie. Amen? And so like Paul said in Romans 3 and 4, I say, let God be true and every man a liar. I don't care how many people tell me that what he says isn't right and it's not going to come to pass. I believe in the depths of my heart. Let God be true. Amen? Let God be true. Every promise is mine. I say yay and amen to everything I see in the book. Amen? I'm lifting up my head. My redemption draws nigh. There's still a voice we're going to hear in the heavens. And we're going to rise to meet Him. Amen? And He's going to be glorified in His saints. I believe that. Hallelujah. He has the last Whatever you're facing, he has the last word. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Would you stand to your feet and lift your hands towards heaven and lift your voice to God. And let's just begin to call out that name. Do you know he said if we would speak his name, if we would confess the name of Jesus, we would be saved. Whatever you're facing, you're just as close as believing his word and his promise and calling out to him. That's how close you are. To your deliverance, that's how close you are to a certain end, that's how close you are to a blessing, amen. It's all going to work together for good. I'm going to speak the name of Jesus right now. I'm standing on His Word. It's not based on my feelings. It's not based on my circumstances. It's not based on what I see, but I'm believing everything based on what He said. In Jesus' name, I am blessed. In Jesus' name, I'm more than an overcomer. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, we're going to overcome the world. In Jesus' name, we will not be lost. In Jesus' name, according to your word, by the power of your word, all things are possible, Lord. We pray and you said you would never leave us nor forsake us. We find comfort in your word. I trust in your word. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. It's not possible for you to lie. The only thing you can't do is lie. I believe in your word. 
I believe in your covenant. Amen. I'm trusting in your salvation. There's joy in my heart today because I know my name is written in the Lamb's book of life and it's been settled. You said it was finished. Hallelujah. 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 Aren't you glad that you serve that kind of God? There's more bad news. There's more bad news you can find it anywhere. But aren't you glad you found the good news, the gospel? Oh, yeah. It's his gospel and it's my gospel because I believe it with all of my heart. Oh, yeah. Amen. Yeah. I'm trusting my very life to this gospel. And it yeah. has the power to say. Yes, it does. Remind yourself yes, this week. Lift your head up. Your God has the last word. Amen. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless